Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite de Queen's Practical Wisdoms at Work podcast. And I'm your host, Lynn. And today I am joined by my co-host, Amanda, and our special guest, Grace Judson. So for everyone out there, Grace is a self-described leadership geek. So let's put air quotes around that. Who, after years of corporate misery, oh my goodness, I know that, embarked on a mission to take corporate life and make it fun, right? She offers training, coaching, and consulting services to help people in the transition from team member and individual contributor to manager and leader. Today, we're going to talk to her about how to tap into your own leadership qualities so that you can be an effective manager and realize success. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Welcome, Grace. Thank you so much. I'm excited, too. This is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get started, for any of our listeners joining us for the first time, make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to Practical Wisdoms wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and go ahead and share the love and take that extra second and click all five stars uh, for the podcast. All right, let's get right into it, Grace. All right. You said that bad managers create bad experiences for their employees. You know, so I just want to say uh, I totally 100% agree, 150%. Conversely, good management tends to create a better working atmosphere. Once again, I'm right there with you. Why and how does management quality and style impact the whole team? I think one of the things that um, senior leaders often overlook, I'll say, is that every line manager, those first line managers that are working with the individual contributors, they impact the vast majority of the employees in an organization. And I think we've all had that experience, as you kind of pointed out, that when you've got a good manager, you feel supported, you want to do a good job in order to support them. But when things aren't right with your manager, you kind of dread getting up in the morning and you don't want to go in and you may, you know, you may start actively looking for another job. There is an old, old saying that people join jobs and companies, but leave managers. And it really is something that needs to be taken to heart, I think, when we look at how we support or don't support uh, new managers. Absolutely. I can definitely attest that I personally did leave a company at one point, actually more than one, because of the management uh, Mm -hmm. and the experience Uh, was so negative. It was just impacting every aspect of my life and it simply wasn't worth it when I could easily um, find a new position, which is what I did. Uh, So that's I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah and, and in this in today's job market, I mean, we obviously at this moment don't know exactly where the economy is heading and what the job market is going to do. But for the last few years, the job market has been an, a, you know, a great opportunities out there for people who do want to leave. So not paying more attention to the quality of the management and not making sure that you as a manager are doing everything that you can to enhance your career and, and your your skill set just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was looking through your website and you talk about why some managers aren't very good at what they do. So I wanted to ask you, why do so many managers 
feel lost and overwhelmed when they take on a leadership position? Well, when you think about what has typically led up to somebody being promoted into a management position from that individual team member role, throughout their career lifetime, they have succeeded and been rewarded for accomplishing tasks. You know, as the individual team member, you get stuff to do and you do it and you get rewarded, you get promoted. And all of a sudden now you're the manager and you are no longer accomplishing tasks. You are now having to manage people who are doing the tasks that you used to do. And of course, clearly often you still have tasks as well. But one manager, a new manager said to me, she sort of basically threw her hands in the air and she said, my entire life is upside down. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the experience. And anybody who has gone through that, I have talked with a number of middle management, senior executives, um, they all basically roll their eyes and they say, yeah, it's really hard because there's a huge transition that typically people have just not had to go through in their jobs before. I would agree with that. I, you know, you're just sort of promoted and pushed into management, you're leading a team all the, and you, nobody trained you on how to do that. And uh, at least in my experience, did not receive mm -hmm, exactly. any kind of training. It was just, you know, that was what I was expected to do. So I know that you talk about um, the importance of owning your career path or being intentional about your leadership journey. Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. that's just fascinating to me. I, I don't feel like I ever did that. So I would love for you to explain a bit more about uh, about this idea of being intentional. Well, yeah, I don't think, to be honest, <laughs> I teach it now, but I don't think I actually did it myself. I sort of wandered along based on what opportunities came my way and, and what my managers were, you know, suggesting that I do or promoting me into. But I know that I could have been a lot more successful if I had really stopped to think about, okay, well, where do I actually want to go with this? What do I want to do? You know, do I want to be a manager? Do I want to be a leader? Do I want to get into that kind of a role? And if I do, then don't wait for your boss or your leadership to give you training or to give you guidance. You know, you we a very lucky few sort of acquire a mentor, but most of us have to go out and find one. And we're, you know, this is where I think our educational system today sort of falls short in, in one of several ways is that they don't really, it doesn't really teach us how to be successful in a corporate environment how to find a mentor, how to go out and look for and evaluate training so that we can take the next step in our career. There is so much available out there right now. I mean, YouTube is chock full of information, but how much of it is actually going to help you? How do you assess what's out there? So to really take a step back and think about what kind of a career trajectory you want rather than just sort of going with the flow and letting it take you where you wherever it, it wants yeah 
I, I think that's really a good idea to really map to, you know, I, I think of it as doing a mind map and mm -hmm. really sort of getting in touch with, because there could be, you could be on a path that in it, it, there are certain aspects of it that you really don't like. So you're always going to struggle that way. But if you pivot, you could actually go down another lane that would be more suited and you would find more um, enjoyment and excitement and passion and enthusiasm in that on in a separate lane exactly not only that and i mean enjoyment excitement and passion are necessary i mean one of the things i say is that work should be more fun yeah uh, and it should not be a rat race in the corporate environment but the thing that i think you left out there that i think is really important is that you'll also make a better income you know if you're intentional about what you want to do you you will learn the skills that the companies that you want to work for are looking for so you will be able to achieve financial success as well as career meaning if you will right yeah and it feels like like being intentional is an important component of of how you become a good leader and in looking, in looking at your website, you have a full alphabet of leadership attributes listed. Can you talk about two or three of your favorites? Sure. Yeah, th those were a lot of fun to do. Those, uh, there are leadership, uh, leadership A to Z, and I do have one for X, although that is not one of my favorites. The two I think <laughs> really hit the hit the mark for me that I think are really essential for good leadership. Um, is what I call, I, it's under E for empathy, but I call it professional empathy because we have to be able to understand the people that are, are our employees, our team, as well as our colleagues, our peers, and our managers in order to be able to communicate with them effectively and, and, and ask them the questions, give them the direction, um, make the requests in a way that they will be most likely to respond to. Um, the second one that I think is super important is strategic thinking. Uh, and this is one that as an individual contributor on the team, people don't really understand or pay much attention to strategy usually. But when I talked to, I did a sort of informal survey of a bunch, and I sort of keep doing it just because it's fun, um, of a bunch of executives, executive coaches, senior managers, and I asked them, what is the single most challenging thing that you think new managers need to pay attention to? And when I started this, I did not expect them to say this, but every single 100% of them, every one of them has said strategic thinking. Because as an individual, you're paying attention, like I said earlier, to the tactical implementation of the task list. But as a manager and leader, you have to start looking at the bigger picture and see how the tasks support strategic objectives of the organization. And that is a hard thing for a lot of people to, to really learn. I work a lot with my emerging leaders, uh, my clients on that. Yeah, yeah, that would that makes sense. Instead of being caught up in the weeds, you really need to get up at a higher level to see everything that's working and how it it interlocks and, and the dependencies. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so in addition to being intentional and professional empathy and strategic, uh, strategic thinking, um, another key component of good leadership, I think, is communication. How mm-hmm. can new leaders assess their communication skills and improve on them in order to lead better? <laughs> well, it just so happens that I have a little quiz on my website for that. Um, it's very short, but the report that people get is pretty detailed. Um, so that's one way. But I think self-awareness is another crucial skill. And along with professional empathy, professional empathy will help you understand how to communicate with people because you, it will help you tune your communication style to the needs, if you will, of the other person. We all have various characteristics in terms of how we prefer to communicate and be communicated with. You know, some people love detail. Other people just want the big picture. Some people are really, you know, they don't care about what you did over the weekend. They just want to jump right into the conversation. Other people really need that moment of connection uh, before they're ready to dig into the work, if you will. So understanding these things about the people that you interact with. Um, my clients tell me when they take my leadership uh, training program, they tell me that the communication pieces really are some of the most valuable for them because it does give them that self-awareness and what I'll call other awareness in terms of how they need to adapt if they really want to communicate effectively. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. And it, I think it's really true, too. I hadn't really thought about how different people like to communicate in different ways and um, conversely be communicated with in specific ways and how we all need to, you know, kind of flex our style when it comes to communicating with each other. Yes, because we, you know, it's the golden rule versus the platinum rule. It's funny, I was talking with a client about that just this morning. Um, The golden rule says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that is typically what we do in communicating, because we have a preferred style. But the platinum rule says, do unto others as they want to be done unto. So if we can observe our teammates, our employees, our boss, and see how they want to be communicated with. And then it may be a stretch, it may be a little uncomfortable, but use their style, not ours. We are going to get a lot further in communicating with people. We'll have a lot more success. Yeah, I always talk a lot about that style flexing and it's, Mm it's a really core skill and it, and it doesn't mean that you mimic the other person, but you can um, move closer to them in the scent and not physical space. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and uh, but there's so many things that you can pick up on um, when you are talking with them. Some people have a, you know, more formal style. Um, some people are, are very expressive and they need to, um, get the information in a different format or framed in a, a different way uh, mm-hmm. for them to really grasp it. So yeah. I think this is a really great question when we, we talk specifically, you know, about women and women stepping into a leadership position, because I've always seen that as even more of a challenge. And because I, my thing is that women as young women, as young girls, were trained to be polite, be quiet and sit in the back seat. And 
when we step into these leadership positions, we haven't learned so many of these skills on how to take that on. And and I, I feel that sometimes we will mimic men. Um, so, you know, gender-related expectations and perceptions, we, we might think that's the way to go. Or, um, you know, it, it's just, there's a whole landmine right there, then and there. So what advice um, can you share for women who want to succeed as leaders in today's world? I I am so sad that we are still asking this freaking <laughs> question. Yeah. It just, I, I cannot tell you how much it distresses me that we are still facing this. At least women are not still wearing men's style suiting, suits and, you know, the, the ridiculous styles that, anyway, I won't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just, yeah, I, I am... I'm stuttering because it just makes me so upset. So yes, it is a big problem. It is a challenge. I call it either mapping the maze because it's a maze or walking the high wire. I used to have a, a program specifically for women's leaders called walking the high wire because if you don't balance very carefully, you can fall off on either side. You can come off being, you know, too aggressive or you can come off being too nice. Uh, and I think a lot of it is exceedingly situational. So for me to sit here and say, okay, go forth and do this or do that is, is uh, problematic because it does depend on, on your situation, the people in your office, who you're working with, what their attitudes are. Uh, I think that, you know, one of the nicest compliments I ever got and I hope I can say this on, on air here, so edit me out if I can't. But somebody actually on my team once called me a badass, and they meant it in the best possible <laughs> way. Um, but you have to you have to be yourself, and you have to know what that is. It goes back to self-awareness. And you have to understand that there are going to be times when you are going to stand up for yourself, you're going to stand up for your team, you're going to make a statement, and it's going to get you in trouble even though you are on the side of, of good and right in that instance. Uh, I have had managers tell me, you know, not to interrupt in meetings when, of course, the men were interrupting left, right, and sideways. Right. Um, you know, but the other side of that is you have to interrupt when it's necessary because otherwise you'll get spoken completely talked over there's a very interesting interview i saw a while ago about uh, a group of women it's actually in, in politics so i won't name names or, or anything like that um but a group of women who were feeling like they were not getting heard in some of the meetings that they were in and they got together and agreed and i think this is something that we can definitely do in business agreed to support each other if someone said had an idea or made a statement and it was talked over or ignored one of the others would pick up the ball and say hey wait a minute i think she said something really interesting here's what she said let's discuss this so the myth that women don't support each other is also very sad and it is a myth if you look at the statistics um we have to support each other we have to <laughs> There's another flip side to that, which is that often women end up in competition for the same roles because there are so few opportunities for women. 
it is a maze and it's hard and to find a mentor uh multiple mentors who can help you not just mentors but sponsors within your organization who will put you forward for positions i actually <laughs> i was doing um a workshop for a group of women a couple weeks ago and one of them very proudly stated that she just fired her mentor and made him a sponsor. So I think understanding the difference between being a sponsor and a mentor is also important. So I don't have a concrete answer because it is such a fuzzy gray area, but those are sort of the ideas and, and attack, attack points, if you will, approaches that I would throw out. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I see that. And I would agree with that statement. There is a myth women can be good, um, amazing mentors and sponsors and managers. They can also mm -hmm. be bad. <laughs> so yeah. I've had um, um, great female leaders and I've had bad female leaders. The so same with right, men. Right, exactly. And yeah, exactly. So, um, and I think that, you know, definitely shedding that idea. I do think that mm -hmm. women, to your point, it is a high wire. It's a double-edged sword that I talk about that, you know, women often have to navigate. Um, yes. Their path is a little, is far, it has a lot more rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rocks and I want to I, I add one more point, if I may. Sorry, I'm, I didn't mean to talk over you, but no, I, no, there's one fine. thing I really wanted to add that I think is super important, and that is, Many years ago, I was in the audience um, on a panel of women CEOs and um, senior executives was talking about what was necessary for success. And one of them, I kid you not, said, "Keep just keep doing, work hard, do your job, and you will get rewarded for it. And I nearly, I had to restrain myself from leaping out of my seat and waving my arms and saying, no, yeah, we have yeah. to self-promote because nobody yeah. else is paying attention. We have Absolutely. to keep track of what our accomplishments are and make sure that our managers know what those accomplishments are. Absolutely. If you don't ask, you don't get. And yep. this idea that people are just going to recognize you and reward you, um, instead, I really, you're just turning yourself into a doormat. So yep. you, and there is a way to promote yourself um, on an ongoing basis that's that's professional. Um, and you don't come off as a braggart. If somebody emails you thanking you for what a great job you did on something, you reply and you include your manager and say, exactly. hey, thank you, for, thank you for the kind words. And then you get right back into it. So you don't mm -hmm. labor it. But those little pieces um, and and then just different ways that you can deflect the things, you know, the the snares that are left for you to step into. Yeah. Um, I talk a lot about using affiliative humor to because it brings everybody into the tent and it's a mm -hmm. way to diffuse the situation um, and let people have a graceful exit when they've mm -hmm. laid the snare for you. Uh, anyway, so but yeah, there's so yeah. much. There's so much. Um, wow, yeah. Grace, this has been a great conversation. Um, Thank you. I, I really appreciate everything that you've shared today about being an effective leader in today's world. And I, I know that our listeners are just clamoring to hear um, <laughs> how and where they can find out more about you. 
Absolutely. Well, I my website, which uh, Amanda, you've mentioned a few times, um, is gracejudson.com. Really easy. It's just my name. Uh, there's a lot of resources there. I also have a very active YouTube channel. Uh, also, youtube.com slash gracejudson, where I post a new video every week with tips and uh, ideas, approaches for different kinds of management and leadership challenges. Um, that uh, quiz that I mentioned is on my website under the resources tab, the leadership communication quiz. People really seem to, I get a lot of positive feedback on that quiz and how helpful it is. It's really, I think it's just five questions, if I recall correctly, which I should since it's my quiz, but there it is. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I don't do a whole lot on Twitter, but you might find me there. So yeah, I would love to connect with anyone who has a question uh, or any kind of feedback or follow up on this. Absolutely, and we'll be sure to include those backlinks uh, for you in the audience. Just check the show notes. We'll have those there for you. And Grace, thank you again. This has been an informative dis discussion, and I want to reach out to our audience. You know, if you have ideas you'd like to share, if you'd like to leave us a comment, we love to hear your thoughts. Um, if you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for discussion, maybe dive, a deep dive into something specific, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com and to stay current on all these great podcasts um, and the terrific advice if I say so myself that we have at petitequeen.com stay in the know by signing up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter and you will not miss out okay thank you for listening everyone <laughs> <laughs>